It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anybody ever rip you off. I talk about ripoffs straight ahead and where they come from. Coming up later, your opportunity to tell me where you feel I ripped you off. It's Clark Stinks on the air. If you're not familiar with Clark Stinks, we have a forum at Clark.com called Clark.com slash Clark Stinks that if you are disappointed in me, angry at me, or feel like I'm giving bad advice on the air, it's your opportunity to let me know, post that, and then weekly we uh, share some of your posts right here on the air. Our main website, as I just mentioned, is Clark.com. And we have a deal site called ClarkDeals.com where our deal diggers post deals for you around the clock on bargains that help you stretch every dollar. So there's a new report from the Better Business Bureau about scamsters and how they get to you. And historically, we think about people calling us to rip us off and Uh, particularly with people that are older, I talk about the problems with scamsters calling and becoming a friendly voice on the phone and scamming an elderly person out of money. But times change, and the new numbers show overwhelmingly that the most common way people are contacted by scamsters now is on social media. The most common way that people have money stolen from them is on social media. Now, why did I just repeat that? So people are contacted more often on social media by scamsters than any other method. And they're very effective at converting those contacts into stealing money from people. Second most common Websites where people are going to a website, maybe Craigslist, eBay, something like that, and they see something they want to buy, and so they click to purchase and they get nothing or get something different than what was represented. And I remember long ago, we had a caller who called in who'd been ripped off on eBay. And there was an offer, an auction on eBay to get a used Chevy Blazer. And you may remember the Chevy Blazer, long time, smaller SUV. And so the person supposedly won the eBay auction, paid the money, and what showed up was not a Chevy Blazer SUV, but actually a Blazer jacket with the Chevy logo on it. And the person was horrified and also at the same time thought it was in a sick way kind of funny that they got taken that way. But I want you to know that people misrepresenting, selling things online, and people misrepresenting what they're about and what they're doing on social media are by far now, far and away, the greatest ways that people engage with a crook, a con artist, and the greatest possibility 
that you'll end up having money taken from you. To give you an idea, people are more than five times likely to get taken on social media, actually lose money to a crook on social media, than they are with a con artist on the phone. That's pretty stark. Compared to con artists that work the mail and send um, letters to you for stuff that turns out to be crooked, maybe a phony investment or whatever it would be, they're four times more likely to steal money from you on social media than they are through the mail. So I just want you to know and be aware how the criminals take advantage and take opportunity. Social media has so many good aspects to it, but it has two sides to that coin. It's used a lot of ways for ill purposes. Dennis is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Clark. Can you hear me okay? I hear you perfectly, Dennis, and I'm sorry to hear that your daughter is suffering some economic hardship. What happened to her? Yeah, Clark. Uh, yeah, my daughter and her roommates recently moved out of their college apartment. Um, it was a fully furnished apartment when they moved in. Um, and when they moved out, they unexpectedly, um, the landlord withheld approximately $1,000 from the security department to, uh, deposit for various charges. But the two things that really uh, hit me were there was about $1,000 in charges for replacement of mattresses and replacement of water filters. Wait, 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 wait. Um, Let's deal with the second one first. What do you mean, like, in the refrigerator where you get water from the door or something? Yeah, that's my understanding. The the filter in the refrigerator. Wait, um, how could that be the responsibility? Wait, how could that be your daughter and her roommate's responsibility? Well, that's absolutely what we said. And and, um, uh, uh, we've been communicating with the landlord frequently, um, very politely, working with the landlord, trying to to reason with him that, you know, it was not in the spirit of the lease agreement. The lease agreement clearly says the landlord can take money from the security deposit for damages um, or for unpaid rent or, 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 um, but, you know, in no way is replacement of a worn out mattress or a a used water filter. That's not damages. There's nothing damaging about that. So a mattress, if it, let's say it had been stained in some way, uh, a landlord might have grounds, but, if it's just that the mattress is old, that would not be grounds. So let me tell you how you have to proceed. And this is difficult because there's multiple parents that have co-signed these leases, right? Correct. Yes, I have a co-signer on the lease. So uh, you need to send a letter to the landlord. Stop talking to the landlord. Send a letter that's very polite because it may later be read by a judge. And in the letter, you say that um, as kindly as you can, say something like um, that your daughter really enjoyed living at the place, uh, whatever, you know, just some throwaway sentence like that. So you look like you're, you're not being a really difficult person. And then you go on to say that the withholding of security deposit for a worn-out mattress and for replacement of water filters is unreasonable, and you're respectfully requesting a refund of those items from the security deposit. 
and you just leave it at that. And then when the landlord does not respond or responds in the negative, then you can sue that landlord in small claims court. How far are okay. you from where the college is? Um, we're about uh, about a three hour drive from the college. Um, All right, so that's like worth daughter, it. Was, that's worth it yeah, for a thousand dollars. Yeah. So what um, you do is there there is a landlord tenant handbook published for virtually every state that goes through the procedures when there's a dispute about security deposits, which is one of the most common of all disputes. And it will tell you the format and forum for you to file a legal challenge to the withholding of that security deposit. If you put in the name of the state and you say, um, what state was she living in? This is Pennsylvania. Okay, so you just do Pennsylvania landlord-tenant law. Okay. And or landlord actually better would be Pennsylvania landlord tenant handbook or landlord tenant handbook Pennsylvania. Try different combinations like that till you find it because I'm telling you, virtually every state publishes one of these handbooks. Great, and it will talk through a lot of their audience is small landlords, but the main audience are people like you who are tenants having. A dispute with the landlord, big or small. Yeah, I found I found it interesting. They were they only replaced some of the mattresses in the apartments, um, and it seems to me like yeah, there was it was a very open ended um, assumption by the landlord that you know they would replace some uh, mattresses that are worn out and use the term worn out at, at their discretion instead of you know, with any. Uh, yeah, that's not reasonable unless the lease had a specific clause that made the your daughter and the other roommates responsible for worn out things. Normally, it would be reasonable wear and tear doesn't count. It would only be right. damage that they caused. And so the language in the lease matters, but more important in this case, the law in the state of Pennsylvania and don't be intimidated. You don't need a lawyer to go to small claims court to have a claim like this heard. It's worth it for a thousand bucks. Diane is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Diane. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Diane. So you have a aging father who doesn't want to listen to his daughter. <laughs> That's right. My uh, father's 83. He's a very smart man. He has a cell phone and a landline. And ever since the spoofing started on the landline, he wants to answer the phone every time his area code shows up. And if he finds out it's a someone who may be a scammer, he just wants to have some fun with them, pull their leg. They end up getting very, very angry. And um, we've told him time and time again, please don't answer those calls. Let it go to voicemail. If it's important, you can always call them back. That sounds like very good advice on your part that your dad doesn't want to listen to. So here's right. what I would say to your dad. A lot of the con artists are recording the calls and asking leading questions that are something like, hey, it's a pretty day, isn't it? And they're trying to get a yes out of your dad or something like that. And then they will allege later that 
he entered into a verbal contract over the phone because what he heard was nice day today, but then the tape they spliced together that they would present as a valid contract is you're agreeing to buy blah, 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 and they've got him on the phone saying yes. Right. So you, right. you never want to have the possibility of exposing yourself to a crook trying to use your own words against you. And, you know, today people can pretty much create audio that gets you saying anything they want you to say. So, That's a good point. I'm, I'm going to share that with him um, because I don't know that he's considering that when he's having long conversations with them. And so that is, that is not as common as somebody trying to gain his confidence and then eventually working their way into his wallet. And right now, right. that's not an issue for him because he's just like, hey, I'm going to have a great time picking on these people. But right. I think that that's, there's got to be better ways for your dad to have fun than that. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your great money advice. Well, I'm happy to help in any way I can. And your advice to your dad that you only answer from somebody you know is the best advice you can give anyone regardless of their age. Frank is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Frank. Hi, Clark. Frank, you are trying to do some Christmas travel. Yeah, I am. Um... My parents live in uh, Nashville, Tennessee area right now, and my mom's really wanting me to come see them around the holidays. Um, I'll be flying out of Bismarck, North Dakota, though, and of course, as you know, North Dakota is not the cheapest place to fly to or from. Right. You can get to Europe cheaper from most anywhere than you can get to Bismarck from anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Expensive place. So how flexible are you on Christmas travel? I'm trying to be as flexible as I can. I've got uh, I've got price alerts set up on one of the popular apps for uh, a couple potential dates and because I just I, pulled I, up I just just a second while we're talking I pulled up the on Google Flights a calendar for December fares and I was able to mm-hmm. do Bismarck to Nashville and the fares range through the Christmas New Year's period from. 328 round trip to 472 round trip. So the more flexible you are with the day you go and the day you return, you can do that low threes, which is actually a decent fare for during the Christmas time. What kind of prices have you been seeing? Um, That's roughly what I had been seeing too. I was looking like the week before the holidays is, of course, a little more expensive, like in the 400 range. And then as you get into like the first week of January, dropping into mid threes, like 340, 350. But I had also noticed, you know, with these price alerts I had said, I'm seeing just in a few days, like swings of, you know, 75 or, or even $90 up and down. And I guess yeah, and you will realize- see that airfares move up and down so rapidly that. It's just one of the things you have to deal with is that they do go up and down so much. And that's why 
if you see something with, I'm looking, there's no historical average pricing here for Bismarck. Is just not enough air travel out of there to do that kind of thing. <laughs> but being able to go in the low 300s, if you can arrange your travel to be on those days, I would be comfortable buying that. Okay, so that would be your advice then, just if it's in the mid-low 300s, that would be a one to buy? I'd say low 300s, I would buy it. You know, okay. it's already, you know, October. You're getting to a point that buying tickets for Christmas time is really becoming the thing because you wait too much longer and it could be, you know, you get late, you can pay a lot more usually and occasionally less, but I think it's best just to go ahead and click and buy if you can get it in the low threes. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. So my goal is to serve you in whatever way I best can so that you make the best decisions with your wallet, with the advice and the information that I give, the answers I give to your questions. But there are times you may be listening and you're like, come on, you can do better than that. Why didn't you think of this, that, or the other? Or I think what you said to that caller was just wrong. That's why we have Clark.com slash ClarkStinks, where you can post where you feel the advice I gave was really not complete, wrong, or just not really thinking like you would expect from me. So you go to Clark.com slash ClarkStinks, you post where you feel I missed the mark, Others can read it. Others can post their own comments. And then weekly, our producer, Krista, goes through your posts and shares highlights with you right here and right now. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, this subject generated at least 10 Clark Stinks posts, so I'm going to read record? two. I don't think it's a record, but it's definitely coming close. Hi, Clark. You advised a caller to buy a second laptop because her Chromebook didn't have a CD drive for her TurboTax CD. The far simpler solution is to buy an external USB optical drive, which will allow her to use her CD as well as play DVDs on her Chromebook. USB optical drives sell for about $25, David, and other people were saying they even sell for less. And then this person says, Clark, the best price for TurboTax I found was buying the CD through Costco. You're able to get a download through Intuit with the code on the center of the CD. There's a little work involved. You need to call Intuit, give them the code, and they will give you a download in your Intuit account. I've called for the download the past two years to save a little money. There is no need for your caller to buy the new device yet. Thanks, Clark, for everything you do, Jane. Jane, thank you, and I appreciate I got immediate feedback face-to-face after that call, and I appreciate all of you posting as well that I was thick-headed on that answer, obviously. Clark disagrees with heating and cooling experts who say it's better to leave your HVAC systems at a consistent temperature. I've personally conducted a 27-year experiment on this. For 18 years, I dutifully used a programmable thermostat to reduce heating and cooling when I was at work or asleep, thinking I was saving a significant amount of energy. A few years ago, I started reading about how it is actually more efficient and way better for the HVAC system to leave it at a consistent temperature. 
as the recent caller stated she was told. My cost did not go up when I started leaving it at that temperature for the last few years. Not only that, my house is much more comfortable. When I was raising and lowering the temperature, my top floor always felt cold in the winter and too hot in the summer. My power bill this past month was actually the lowest one I've had in the 27 years I've lived in my home, Mindy. Mindy, thank you for that post. And I do not profess that I am an engineer or a scientist. I've only gone with what I've read that it is cheaper when somebody's gone for eight, 10 hours straight during the day to have the temperature dial back in winter and summer. But I have had so many people express the opinions that you have as well. The great news in the United States is that energy consumption in our homes has been going down and it's been something that has been a shocking development for the power industry and the primary reason for the decline has nothing to do with uh, nest thermostats or what we do with heating and cooling. It's all been because people have been substituting LED light bulbs for traditional light bulbs. Clark, it hurts when you brag on all the Asian cars. Who will pay the pensions for the Ford and GM workers? Do you not care? One out of two cars in the USA is Toyota. Is that a big enough victory? Save America, Clark. Stop promoting Asian empires. So this one's a tough one for me because I feel horrible about American workers in so many industries facing their careers being cut short or benefits that were promised to them for the rest of their lives being curtailed like retiree health care, pensions, that sort of thing. As far as Toyota and their market share, it's not anywhere near half of the marketplace. But the irony is the Japanese-owned auto companies are doing much of their manufacturing here in the United States. As an example, Toyota has a huge manufacturing facility in Kentucky, Honda in Ohio, uh, BMW in South Carolina, Mercedes in Alabama. And so the foreign automakers from Europe and Asia, Kia in uh, Georgia or Alabama, I forget which, they are doing the lion's share of their manufacturing in the United States with American workers. The ownership of the companies is what's been changing from being American-owned companies to predominantly foreign-owned firms. Clark, you're stinking it up when you bash the post office. You told a caller you can't trust sending anything through the post office. I'm a letter carrier and a United States Air Force veteran and take offense to your comments. We offer many secure ways to send letters and parcels every day and are consistently voted the most trusted government agency. Every week you talk about folks being scammed on the internet. It seems like the U.S. mail is a safer alternative. We aren't perfect, but we do our best. The next veteran that you thank for his or her service may be a postal worker, so be gentle. Love your show, Mike the Mailman in Wisconsin. Mike, um, especially in rain, sleet, and snow, you're there for people living in Wisconsin. And I don't know specifically what you were referring to and what you were saying. The thing that I've talked about is that the ability to track packages with UPS and FedEx is extraordinary. 
And that's an area where the Postal Service needs to step it up, where people would have the ability uh, nearly real time to see the movement of their packages. And it's crazy that today we don't have that as a routine thing with first-class mail either because with the the way first-class mail is encoded, people should be able to see the progress moment by moment of first-class mail as well. And thank you for your service in the U.S. military, and thank you for continuing your service to your fellow American in the Postal Service. On the podcast, a listener asked how to return a boxed mattress purchased from Costco under their return policy after it has expanded. Clark said Costco does not have mattress pickup service to return the mattress. If the boxed mattress is purchased in the warehouse, Clark is correct. However, if it's purchased from Costco online, there is no shipping cost. Costco will pick up the mattress during the warranty period. Brenda. Brenda, thank you. I had never heard that distinction with the difference with Costco versus Costco.com. Thank you for sharing that with me. You talked about ghost workers, workers who land a job and never show up for the position, and how you should always give a company two weeks notice before you leave for another job. To which I say, U.S. corporations have broken their social contract made in the late 1930s, including no more pensions, reduced or eliminated health benefits, and a flat wage and standard of living since around 1970. When an employer is tired of you, you're walked out the door with no notice whatsoever. So bah humbug for giving two weeks notice. We workers owe them nothing. You run a great show, but this one disgusted me. Best regards, Rich. Rich, you know, just because a lot of employers now look at us as a cost center and not a human being, doesn't mean that we should respond in kind. And it doesn't make us a pushover if we do the respectful thing. There's no question that corporate America has lost sight of what the social contract was in the United States between employers and workers. It's true. It happened. And uh, I think it's been terrible how employers look at us as just something to be disposed of like a used uh, facial tissue or whatever. But to turn around and uh, say, well, they treat us like dirt, so why would we do anything respectful for the employer? That just seems like a bridge too far. And not every employer treats workers like dirt. And I just don't like the idea of somebody accepting a job, an employer having offered it in good faith, And then you just no show and don't call. You need to stay away from your commentaries on political issues. I listen to your show to stay away from hearing all the blah, blah, blah. You even comment after your rant that many people will be upset. So why do we need to hear your opinion on these things? Tom. I don't know the Um, context of that. There were several posts about you talking about the video with Ellen and it might have been about that. Oh, okay. So my thing and... You may look at this as political. My thing is that we as Americans need to remember that we do better as a country united rather than divided. It doesn't mean we can't have our differences, but it seems that a portion of Americans have lost the perspective that people we disagree with are our opponents, not our enemies, that they are our fellow Americans, and the real 
enemy of the United States or people overseas who wish to harm us as a country, but we become weaker if we learn to hate each other. So the point of that was that when people are angry to see someone who I guess is a Democrat was someone who was a Republican, former uh, president, George W. Bush, to be hating on both of them for, for being nice to each other seems like we've really lost something special in America, and that is something Ronald Reagan used to talk about, and that's disagreeing without being disagreeable. Clark mentioned looking into longevity insurance. I didn't know what that was and looked it up. Basically, it's an annuity. Clark, why would you recommend longevity insurance if it's an annuity? I thought you hated them. Anyway, I really enjoy your show and try to listen as often as I can. Gene. Gene, thank you. So uh, you just cussed twice on our show because annuity is a cuss word. And you're right. Longevity insurance is a type of an annuity, but it's one you'll never hear about from an insurance agent because there's virtually no commissions on them. Uh, The annuities that you hear me talk about in trash are the ones that are horrifically terrible for you, have massive commissions built into them, massive ongoing fees, and leave you much poorer than you would be otherwise, not going into something that is uh, someone who was 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 a fiduciary, someone who had to put you first, would never be allowed to sell you. In the case of a longevity insurance policy, the idea is you put in money, usually um, late 50s to mid 60s, and whatever money you've saved for retirement only has to last till either age 80 or 85, whatever point you choose for the longevity insurance to to kick in, and then it pays for your living expenses pretty much the rest of your life because the insurance company is counting on you not living very long or at all till the point the policy would kick in. But if you do live longer than when the policy starts paying, you end up with a big benefit. I want to thank you for all your posts. I appreciate your passion very much. If you feel that I have let you down, please remember, go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. John joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, John. Hey, Clark Howard. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. Understand you've got a question about what do you do with found money in your life? <laughs> I don't know if it's found money. I work hard for that money, but it's given money. All right. Um, What's the story? Number one, I, number one, I want to say thank you for all you do for the community. You know, giving out your advice out here, everybody. It's, been, it's great. I told my kids about it. I said, listen, 
my son wants to be a financial advisor, and he's, both of my children are frugal with their money. I said, you need to listen to Clark Howard there, because he'll tell you what to do with that money. <laughs> All right, so wait, I may need to turn a child or two of mine over to you, because how you got both your kids to be frugal, because well, my kids aren't necessarily all in that mindset. No, no, it's funny because they've taken the opposite approach that their father took. So they sit, they learn from my mistakes. So they said, no, I'm not going to be like that, Dad. You spent too much money. <laughs> oh, so that's so, the excuse yes, for my kids. Since, since I'm really good with my money, I've got kids who have decided that their job is to not be good with money, huh? I, I guess that's the way it goes. They, they kind of go the opposite, right? At least that's what my, mine have done. So. Okay. That's <laughs> funny. It's like, um, yeah, my question is this. All right, so I worked with a company for, say, 16 years. And for about 13 years, they started about a year or two before I, uh, after I was there, and then they stopped it about a year before I left. So I got about 13 years of a pension that they contributed to that I did nothing to. And now they're offering me a buyout. They want to buy me out. It's like $61,000. Or I can do nothing and take it when I'm 65. Or they'll do a, it's like $300 a month, you know, around 287 something like that a month. I could take now. And uh, continue that on to the day I die, and or it's like two eighty seven. If I do the joint, where my wife can you know take it over when I pass. All right. So what happens if you didn't name another option? What do they pay you per month if you wait till you're sixty five? Right at eight hundred a month if I wait till I'm sixty five, like seven eighty seven. Right at eight hundred dollars a month if I wait till I'm sixty five. So you go from two eighty seven to seven eighty seven. Correct. All right. Are you still working? I am. So it makes a lot more sense to wait till you're 65. Okay, because, well, that was my question. I kind of did the numbers, and I figured, well, you're looking about, from now to say I'm 50 years old, I figure at 65, you're looking about 54,000, I would draw on it now, versus if I go till I'm 80 and draw another, I'm just trying to crunch numbers, and my wife told me, don't even touch it, you leave it alone. Your wife's I, right. <laughs> well, I want to hear it from you. I no, your that, wife I said, is, I mean, listen to her. She's got it. She's got it down because, because you start a pension now and you're like, hey, hey, I didn't think I was ever going to see a penny from these people and I can take this money. Now I'm going to get 287 a month. You probably don't need that money right now because you're working. But when you're not right. working later in your life and you've got a $787 check every month instead of a $287 check, you're going to be really glad you waited. Okay. That was my question, because I didn't know, too, well, should I, you know, I know I was being under 59 and a half, I take the 10% penalty. I thought maybe, well, should I maybe cash it out, take the 61000 reinvest that? Nope. And then not nope. pay the, no, Nope. Listen to your that. wife. So <laughs> just, just let it sit. And the companies like for you to take a cash out, but almost always, not always, but almost always, it's better for us to get that monthly check because what it generates in income for us will be greater over time than what we could generate ourselves from that lump sum. I got you. I got you. It's kind of rare to even have a pension out there that these companies anymore anyway. Exactly. So this is, this is found money, and to think that you'll have uh, roughly 10000 extra a year starting at age 65, sounds great to me. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.